recruiting ish web three world-class podcast let's get it let's go the topics of discussion you cannot get from another opportunities in web three we got you covered meta intro been dope gotta thank you for the love and support that you're giving keep it coming we going up in jazz fees interviews with the crews making moves let's see it's a brand new world of nfts join in recruiting ish podcast yes please join in recruiting ish podcast yes please Meta Intro does not give financial advice. Information provided by Meta Intro is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. Always do your own research on the companies that you apply to and the opportunities that you invest in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Recruiting-ish podcast. My name is Alex, crypto recruiter. I'm here with Lacey and her barking dog. Oh, my gosh. Hi, dog. Um, I promise they will be quiet for this episode. Actually, I don't promise. I, I gave them cookies before the episode, as I do every episode. I bent my dog, but I say, please, I will trade you a cookie just so you can be quiet for this episode. But I think uh, one of the dogs is done with his cookies. <laughs> yeah, I think they're they're raising another cookie round or something. They need I know. To some more in there. They're smart dogs. Well, interesting episode we've got here. I mean, there's been... I don't even know what to call it. Just craziness in the market of crypto, of banking. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, March 16th. Um, it'll go live and you'll be listening to this on Tuesday, March 21st. Um, but last week was nuts. Um, banking sector kind of fall, fell apart. Um, a lot of large banks, um, again, coming apart at the scenes. Um, craziness on crypto Twitter. A lot of people freaking out. A lot of retail users. Founders, um, Lacey included, being affected by this. So this episode is a little different. We're just talking about kind of what happens from from a founder's perspective, um, from somebody in Web3 and kind of what this means and what it was like going through and, and how to go forward. So um, Lacey, I don't, I don't know where you want to start um, or what context you want to give, but yeah, um, tell, us, tell us a little bit about the wild week. Yeah. Let's talk about the SVB crash from a startup founder's perspective, because if you were scrolling through crypto Twitter over the past weekend, most likely the people that you saw tweeting were the VCs and the people mocking uh, the founders that decided to stay at SVB or unintentionally were still still had their money locked up in SVB. So just to paint a picture of what my Thursday looked like of last week. Um, I'm on my couch watching uh, watching the news at night of my dogs. We just uh, my boyfriend and I just ate dinner and scrolling through Twitter and I see some people starting to talk about the stock falling with SVB. That did not necessarily raise an alarm with me. I didn't quite think that it it would have it, it would have eventually escalated to what it was. Um, for context, I've been with SVB since the start of Meta Intro. The fact that uh, SVB banked us was a really big deal. Um, banking with SVB in the startup world is kind of like banking royalty, if you will. In a lot of ways, it there's prestige that comes with it. The startup founders and the venture funds that the bank banks is, you know, a laundry list of like the biggest and the best. And we had to go through a ton of diligence just to get in. And then they finally said yes. And so it was a big moment for us faking with SVB. The interest rate was also great. So we were super happy with it. We parked a ton of our cash there. 
um, and you know, went on with our lives. Fast forward to Thursday, scrolling through Twitter, I see a ton of people just starting to talk about the stock crashing. Somebody writes, startup founders should probably get their money out. And I tweet on top of it, jokingly, you know, should I get my money out? Joking, not really thinking much of it. And then the next morning at like 6 a.m., I'd say, my phone started to go off um, just from like notifications, chats from other people, other founders, um, and my co-founder that says, we need to get our money out of SVB now. And I write back, yeah, I'm going to get it out today. Don't worry about it. Um, and then I would say around 8 a.m. or no, I would say around 9 a.m. I get a call from one of my investors that says, you took your money out, right? And I said, well, I was going to get get to it today and hadn't seen the news quite yet. And so he says, you know, the FDIC just shut down the bank or the government just shut down the bank. And it took a minute just to like process what that even meant. And so immediately, like I went to my computer, went to my bank account to try to log in. Um, couldn't log in, got a 404 error, called my co-founder frantically. I'm like, how the F do we get our money out of the bank? Like, and this was a substantial amount of money um, parked with SVB. Luckily, we did have capital in another bank, just enough to operate. Um, but had we not been able to get our money out of SVB, um, we would have had to drastically change operations and our strategy as to how we were going to get to the next round of capital. And um, that was a theme of something that I thought about throughout the entire weekend was, I may never see that amount of capital again. How is this affecting our runway? Who do I have to lay off? How are we going to hit the metrics we promised to hit in order to trigger the next round of fundraising? Um, how is this going to affect our community? Um, not to like talk more so about meta intro and what that means for the job seekers in our community, but if things didn't unfold over the weekend the way that they did and this past week, um, or if you're listening to this episode on Tuesday, the weekend prior to this, um, a ton of people would have been laid off and I wouldn't have had anywhere to place these individuals. So I just imagine like, great, we have half the amount of capital that we did before. Uh, I have to lay off certain people on my team. I have, if not hundred thousands of job seekers in my community upset because there's no jobs to forward them to. Um, it, it would have been a really bad unraveling. And so it was a long weekend to say the least. I think that there were a ton of takeaways over how I handled the weekend that I am very proud of. And that includes like open communication with my team, um, constant communication with my investors, um, and strategizing on how we would move forward as a company without that capital. And so a ton of lessons learned over the weekend on the importance of like diversifying your portfolio, baking with bigger banks, maybe the importance of DeFi. You know, we are Web3. Um, and then I think overall, just learning how to, to like remain calm in a situation like that, I think was, was a big takeaway. Um, it was tough. It, it was a very tough weekend. So Anyways, uh, the weekend un un unraveled as it did. I was obviously like glued to the TV with the news, glued to crypto Twitter. And come Monday morning, obviously, we were extremely excited to be able to take out our capital. Um, however, couldn't. 
So Monday was also very stressful. We had no success in taking out our money. Um, the site would crash every time we got to the next page. So Monday was also super stressful. Tuesday, we finally wired the money out and then got a message uh, Wednesday of last week um, saying, hey, just so you know, all the wires were canceled. That went out because the bank can't handle or the bank couldn't handle how much money was being wired out. And so wire, everything else to say, capital is safe, um, but it was definitely a pretty crazy weekend. The, the funniest thing, however, and this is the last thing I'll say, uh, the funniest thing for this past weekend was uh, SBB finally called us on Tuesday, our banker. And, you know, she called and I love this banker. She's wonderful. Um, she had to apologize on behalf of the bank, which is not. And I, the first thing I told her was, I hope to God you are getting paid double time. The fact that you have to call all these incredibly angry founders um, and VCs and apologize on behalf of the bank. I hope you are making so much money to do that. Um, and, you know, she laughed. And so um, I get my co-founder on the phone. And one of the first things he says is, what kind of incentives do you have for startup founders to stay with the bank? And I was like, oh, Brad, <laughs> we're going to ask. <laughs> so she didn't have an answer, but um, I can assume just given like the communications that I'm getting and whatnot, that there will be some incentives to stay with the bank. But I, I don't know why I, I would have any reason to stay with SBB. Um, I just think that the way that they handled communication, the way that, you know, they miss, you know, how everything happened, um, they've lost my trust as a customer, which is super unfortunate because I was a very big fan of the bank. Um, so now, We've uh, moved our money elsewhere into other banks, diversified, and all the funds are saved. So long story, but crazy weekend and, uh, you know, what a ride. Definitely not on the bingo card. Um, yeah. Right. It's like when you open up a bank, I mean, I, I've never opened up a bank account and thought, I'm going to have to worry about this money, right? Especially like in your case, when you do raise a substantial round and it's a lot of money, right? Like that is what pays you, your people, gets you further. I mean, it's, it's your baby, right? So like to be getting locked out of that and again, restricted because of something a bank did is is crazy. And that's, I think what the, the hardest part for me to watch too, from the outside looking at it was like, there was no communication and I wasn't mm -hmm. even a part of the bank, right? Like I think, you know, founders took to Twitter uh, or LinkedIn or, you know, just again, their their socials, VCs were doing the same, saying like, we haven't heard from anybody, right? Like similar, it took about a week to actually get somebody from the bank on the phone or, you know, via email to tell you what happened or what's next, which is nuts, right? It's, it's just crazy. Do you ever think like, like, you know, I got a call, I got to get this, I'm going to push it. Or are you just like, I got to get the money out? Forget if I ever talk to somebody from this bank ever again. Yeah, I just had to get the money out. Um, your job as a startup founder is to protect your capital and your runway at all costs. And so uh, the first thing I thought was like, how on earth do I get my money out? And so Friday, uh, there's an SBB branch in Beverly Hills, which is the closest branch next to me. Like I, it was like very much a hail mary, and I don't know if anybody else, if anybody else listening saw the tweet of the founders outside of SUV up in making this in Menlo Park, the line of people eagerly trying to get their money. That was me, but in Los Angeles. So I go up to you, 
the the bank. There's no it. Literally, lights are out. There's a notice on the ward that set on the door that says, "Sorry, we were shut down." And I look in the window and I'm like, "Wow, this seems desperate right now, but there's a lot of cash in the bank. I have to get it out." And so um, I go up to the ATM machine. I put my card in. Just fingers crossed. There's a hiccup with the system. I Did you bring out. like duffel bags just in <laughs> Seriously. case? I mean, it was like, oh I will pull out that capital in 20s. Like I will do whatever I have to do to get the money out. And so I put my card in, put my pin in. And then, of course, uh, I get an error. It spits the card back out. And the receipt says um, tra- transaction cannot be processed. And the bank account numbers say zero. That that receipt and that credit card might be framed at some point just as a reminder of what happened but i looked and i was like oh my god what do literally what do i do you know and so i called a friend who gave me a number to another banker at the bank i called him i texted him i'm like hail mary here that he can help us get money out of the bank i saw you know people on tiktok say i know elon musk what do i do to get my money out of the bank you know like literally doing whatever they can to to move their funds. And so um, after I went to SVB, I went to JP Morgan and, you know, banking in Web3, if you're a founder and you're listening to this, you know how difficult it is to get a bank to bank you. Um, and that's why we were so excited. That's one of the reasons we were so excited to bank with SVB was, oh my gosh, it's such a great bank. And they're willing to bank us even though we're in Web3. And so, you know, that morning I'm calling other banks, trying to see who will bank us. So I'm getting nows. I go to JP Morgan and I really go into the private client area and I sit down and, and I look at the, the woman across and I was like, please, Baker, I just want to get you our money. What do I need to do to get to move our funds over? And so um, luckily Meta Intro doesn't have a token associated with it. You know, we're not like a crypto company, if you will in the traditional sense. So um, they were able to like do some things in order to get us approved. Um, but opening up that account and then hearing the murmurs of the other founders in the room telling the exact same story of, I bank with SVB, all of my funds are tied up. I have to move money into this. Like, what can I do? I, I mean, there must've been like, at, at that moment, there must've been like five or six other founders in the room just trying to move their funds. And so, you know, luckily, again, we had our capital diversified, but I just, I think about the horror stories that I saw on Twitter of, I just raised $10 million 30 days ago. I hired, I can't pay anyone. I think about like Etsy, Etsy had their friends park with SVB and that trickle down effect would have been insane all the way down to the customer's customers. And I think my favorite one, which is the last one I'll leave on was um, I saw somebody tweet, I bank both business and personal with SVB. I'm trying to get to South by. I'm at the airport. Someone please demo me. So, you know, there were a ton of like other options that were going around just in case the, um, just in case. Uh, and, you know, I know Jeffries was paying 70 cents on the dollar. That's scary. I mean, that would have been, if we took that, we would have lost like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but it was also a moment, moment of, well, better a few hundred thousand dollars and a few million, right? Um, I guess we'll just eat ramen. It's crazy, right? That that's even like a business model to kind of find distressed companies in these moments of, yep. again, panic. And I'm sure a lot of people took that. I mean, I've heard as low as 30 cents on the dollar. No. People just taking what they can get and walking away. And then again, 
within 24 to 48 hours, you know, making a, a definite mistake on that. But it's, again, it's hard to know that. Again, I don't think anybody saw what happened coming that quickly. It was good that they got it together. It's it's insane that it happened, but it's great that they put this package together and everybody was able to, to get out. But it is weird, right? It's like some people probably went to JP Morgan and they were like, we can't or don't want to take your money. You're either in the wrong industry or we just don't you know, need it, don't want it. And that was kind of the undertone of all the banking shutdowns and failures was like this anti-crypto movement almost, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it seems like, you know, banking and crypto right now are going through kind of a weird moment where there is very few people left that want to deal with any money coming in and out of crypto especially from startups. Yeah. Well, and we also didn't mention the uh, de-pegging over the weekend from the USDC. US, USDC. And, uh, and I remember on, I think it was Saturday night, that Circle announced how much, how much in funds they had locked with SVB. And I, I looked at my boyfriend, I was like, the crypto industry is going to crumble if they can't take their money out. Like, Circle is such a massive company and... If they hadn't been able to get out their their funds, that would have that would have had a pretty massive impact on our industry. Yeah, I think it it depegged all the way down to like the low eighties. Yeah, night. and huge, right? I mean, like USDC probably the most trusted, or at least the most publicly facing tether. Obviously, probably the biggest stable coin, but there's been some concerns about their reserves as well, um, and just a weird day in the market of, you know, what am I going to do with all this money tied up in all these places, right? It was like crypto wasn't safe, whether you had cash in Coinbase, USDC in a wallet, Bitcoin, any other asset. You had it in a bank, right? Even from like startup bank all the way down to like I was moving funds around in my you were. checking account to my Fidelity investment account, like just trying to like make sure like, hey, even if nothing happens, it's not worth the risk, right? Like trying to consolidate um and just be safe um as well as like my parents were calling me like is this the end of crypto are you going to be okay like what's going on um and it's weird it's like this week has definitely seemed calmer but then as we're recording this in between you know today and yesterday it's like same things now going on with first republic bank bank maybe some other ones charles schwab is in the news i mean there's there seems to be some ripples that are coming from this and it's it's kind of spooky. That's the yeah. word I've been using. My boyfriend fakes with Wells Fargo and B of A. And on Saturday, he went and he just like removed all of his funds. He took everything out. Um, and, you know, granted, like those are massive banks. You know, are they too big to fail? Who knows? But uh, it was just funny to see him literally pull over to the side of the road, like with no context to me. And he's like, I'll be right back. Goes to the bank, goes back and took out all of this money. And, um, you know, there was another startup founder that I saw on Twitter that said they pulled all of their funds out. Um, I don't know where they ended up putting the money, but it sounds like, you know, putting it under your mattress is also a good state bet. Still high risk, um, but, you know, anything to do to protect the funds. And so uh, you do what you do, what you have to do. But, we were talking about this before and uh, talking a little bit about what caused the bank run. And, you know, as a startup founder, you have to protect the funds at all costs. But that then caused 
essentially the bank run. And so for startup founders like me who read the read the news literally 10 minutes too late, um, could have collapsed my business. And, you know, you do what you have to do and you have to win. But, um, and, you know, had I read the news 10 minutes earlier, would I have done the same thing and removed the capital? Yeah, probably. Um, I wouldn't have had a second thought about um, the people that it would have affected within the ecosystem. But it, it's just crazy to think that like that action caused that domino effect. And so um, crazy times. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's like, I mean, I was, I think we both were young during 2008. Don't remember what that was like. I'm sure it was pretty crazy, but to live through that now, be a part of it, be connected to stuff, have it affect you personally is a totally different feeling. And just like you mentioned, yeah. like this whole thing started over a couple tweets and a couple, you know, podcasts or news outlets covering it and that it spread quickly. I mean, all the way down to like, I am moving my funds out of my bank just to make sure I'm safe. So it is crazy how far it spreads. Um, and again, it's like, you can't ever time it perfect, right? Like some people got it out, fine. There's very few that we were talking about this too. They were doing victory laps around the people that had money stuck, which is nuts, uh, should not be doing that. And yeah, just a weird week, right? It, it, even when you get money to a safe place, you're like, is this safe for how long? Right? Yeah. How much do I need to diversify or what do I need to diversify? Yeah. Well, and I don't think that this is the bottom of the market either. I think, um, I think there, I think we're a few months out from the bottom of the market, just personal opinion. And, you know, we've seen it. it, it's crazy to think where we were just in terms of metrics with meta intro just a few months ago with the number of jobs that were being posted every month, all the way to now. Um, I literally had just a content creator post something for us on our YouTube channel about why it's so hard to land a job in community and marketing right now uh, in in this market. Um, and so I, outside of SBB and the crash and uh, everything happening within the crypto space, the job seekers are definitely feeling it right now. Um, it's frustrating. Uh, not a lot of companies are hiring. We're also noticing that a lot of companies are farming applicants, which is not cool. Um, and it's, I think everybody all around is just feeling the heat. I agree. Yeah, it's, I mean, from a recruiter's perspective, the rec being a recruiter right now is very scary. It's, you're either out of place and hoping you make it to the next day, but your jobs are yeah. probably getting lighter and it's getting slower and you're starting to maybe get a little bit more worried or you're laid off and kind of in between and, you know, there's nobody hiring. So why would they need recruiters? Uh, we were talking a little bit before the pod about that, right? Like if you're not hiring, probably don't need a big recruiting team and where are you going to go? Because nobody else is hiring either. And then from a job seeker's perspective, it is just so competitive. I mean, if you watch a job get posted anywhere in the first probably 24 hours, there's you know over a couple hundred applicants to a thousand applicants and they're all really top talent. So if we're in the middle of it and we're not to the bottom, it's I'm kind of scared we're where the bottom and I we were joking we did the the beginning of the year and like calling out how we think the year is going to be and I said pessimistic and I'm feeling responsible for this so it's all you apologize for that feeling more positive I'm hoping we're on the up and up uh but I don't know I agree it's it still feels like there's more to shake out and I don't know how long that's going to take 
uh, before we, we get to the other side of it. Yeah. Well, we have all of these jump fairs that are coming up, as you know, which we're all very excited about. Um, one of the fairs not doing as hot as some of the other fairs. And so we're calling it a resource fair instead. Um, we'll be giving applicants and job seekers and attendees that are there um, a ton of resources that they can utilize and go through the exercise of during the bear market. So that's like leveling up their skill set, giving them access to educational resources, dusting off their resume, um, taking better professional headshots, you know, doing these things that uh, are super important anyways, but maybe more so important in a bear market to help your resume stand out. And so it'll be interesting to see what the um, tone is of the job fair, like with uh, job seekers or recruiters that are there, um, if they're excited, if they're worried, um, if they're frustrated, if they're optimistic. So I will report back in about two weeks with uh, an update on that. That's that's gonna be interesting. I haven't my first conference this year will be consensus. So I'm You're going to see I am. So I'm I'm going with a, a few of my teammates, um, and probably some of the higher managers I work with, but gonna be interesting, right? I mean like middle of April, so it's still about a month away. Um, a lot can happen up until then. And definitely kinda like you said, I, I I'm hoping people aren't leaving crypto. I know some are. Um, and attendance is probably going to be lower than what it was in past years, but definitely going to be interesting to see what the tone is for sure. Yeah. People are well, still hanging in there. Consensus is an interesting one too, because those tickets are really expensive, right? They were ungodly expensive for what they were last year. Um, they even had like this top tier, like Coachella artist style pass that I think was like $9,000, which I don't know. I can't. I'll have to maybe put the link um, for the ticket rate so you can see the comparison, but it was like VIP backstage pass, you know, the green room access for like 9,000 bucks. So I didn't get one of those. Just got one of the just general entries, nothing crazy um, for me, but yeah, quite, quite odd. Definitely seems like they're, they're trying to make some money back on the tickets um, probably because of lower attendance. But Yeah. What's your goal out of consensus? Are you able to share that? Like, hope. I mean, I, I think for me, like personally, I mean, kind of like you said, the mood on the market, like consensus is more, I'd say like kind of business oriented, more institutional focused. So are they scared, right? Are they back, backing down or maybe some of the speakers backing out? Like, what does that look like? I'm trying to see like the sentiment amongst kind of some of the bigger players. Um, and then professionally, I mean, you know, where I'm at, we're, we're still hiring, um, you know, we're still looking for folks. Um, so again, it's, it's trying to network, trying to get to some people that may be passive or, you know, maybe looking for new opportunities and just trying to, you know, get the story out about what we're up to. So I think the traditional stuff, but yeah, the, the last conference I went to was permissionless and that was when I was with Coinbase and they had announced the offer rescinds as we were at the conference. No way. Yeah, I have kind of a, just, again, I had a dagger in my heart when that happened and it was very hard to kind of avoid some of those conversations um, as things were playing out that we didn't even know of because we weren't really, you know, in office. So I'm hoping this next conference is going to go a lot smoother. 
hopefully good news, good market, um, good things coming all around. Yeah, uh, fingers crossed for you. I hope it's a, it's a good conference. Um, that one's not on my radar, but uh, I mean, are on the list of conferences for this uh, this year, just given the prices, but maybe next year. You have plenty of enough conferences. I have enough. Well, I was going to say, if you were about to add it, I was going to say, just I, I can be a presence there. I can network through you. <laughs> um, we'll probably, like I said, we did probably last episode, we're going to add the conference kind of schedule the tour dates. Metatrix yeah. is making some merch. They're going to have some cool stuff. Uh, and yeah, definitely come ready to to learn some skills. I mean, even though it's a bear market, even though there's craziness going on, right? Like conferences are still a really good way to get your name out there. And if you're serious about crypto, a lot of people getting out of crypto. So there's some really good opportunities maybe on the horizon for you. Yeah. Well, since last week, I think we added one more. Where are you going, Lacey? Um, What's on the list? Right now, we're looking at doing a job fair at University of Miami. So that will be a non-Web3 uh, event. But, you know, you can't help more people make the career transition into Web3 if you're preaching to the choir. So I think this will be an interesting uh, opportunity to chat with people who might not know as much about the Web3 space and are curious about it um, or have nothing to do with it. And we might be their first interaction with uh, a Web3 company. So uh, TBD on that one, but we'll link it in the show notes below. I'm sure there'll be three more conferences by yeah. next podcast <laughs> recording. They, You've kind of made a, a like niche in the space, right? Like you were telling me you've become kind of like a really good go-to resource for companies looking to set up these job fairs because it is different, right? It's not the traditional, you know, blah, boring job fair. You guys are making it super interesting and, and actually innovate. So yeah. I'm excited to see it. random, but not random at the same time. So. It all makes sense, right? Yeah. It all connects. It does. So we have um, two questions to quickly answer. Black Beauty asks, hello, guys. I need a Web3 job. How do I start searching or applying? I don't have any experience yet but I believe I have to start from somewhere for me to gain the experience. Can you help? I feel like this is a question that we get often. And I feel like there are a ton of good resources at this point to be able to figure that out. Um, and this is a tough question to answer given that we don't know what kind of job Lafini is asking for. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it depends on the type of job. I mean, technical right now, you know, might be a little bit easier to get into because it is, you know, how you learn X language, and you then do a course or a certification, maybe a program, maybe get placed. I mean, that I feel like has a more traditional route of like checking boxes on things you need to do. Um, still tough. I mean, still competitive, but maybe a little bit more straightforward. We've heard a lot from creative folks that are in similar positions, right? Like how do I become a creative Web3 person or social? It's a little tougher because you probably have to create some project content or, you know, just put some content out to kind of get the ball moving. Um, but I, I mean, I think the biggest thing just goes back to kind of education. I mean, watch YouTube videos, watch podcasts, join the, you know, meta intro discord, start engaging with community, try to network. Um, I don't think there's like a one size fits all secret sauce. Um, you just kind of got to do a little bit of everything until you find somewhere. Um, and then when you get somewhere, continue to, to hone down on your skills because like you said with the market and everything 
people are condensing and, and they're looking for people that can do a lot of stuff. So hang in there. I mean, be patient. Um, it took me, I wanted to work in crypto. I think if I've got it, I'm going to put the screenshot up, but I applied to Coinbase in like 2015 or 16. And I didn't work there until 2021. So oh, wow. took a long time to get into crypto. And now that I'm here, I'm not going. Um, but I, you had to kind of go through a couple different routes to even get there. So be patient if it takes a little bit. Patience. That might be the title of this episode. Yeah, patience in a bear market, for sure. Well, um, questions are life this week, just given how crazy it was uh, over the week. Uh, so we, we didn't get to collecting as many of the questions that were asked in our Discord channel. Um, again, we have a recreation channel in our Discord if you have any questions that you'd want us to answer on the next pod, please drop them in the comments, uh, either in that channel or in the comment section below. Um, but in the meantime, I think the next time I will see you guys and see you, Alex, will be at one of the conferences. Something. <laughs> yeah, I know. We were we were talking about, for anybody listening, we're, we're working on getting like in real life recording set up at some yes. conferences. So. Lacey and I could probably record some if we're out one together, or again, we'll be spinning off some different content. Um, was watching some of the ones Lacey did at Denver. Um, super cool stuff. If you're looking through the channels, definitely take a look. Some different content outside of just recruiting, but talking through founders, stories, products. Um, gotta say, you guys are really pushing out some cool stuff. So Thank you. That coming, coming soon, regardless of the mayor. More content. All right, guys. Well, we will... See you on the next one.